Good morning, Grace Center. Good to see you guys. Good looking bunch. I, uh, I am going to pick up where I, what I've been talking about because I feel like this subject that we're unpacking is so relevant and so important and so good um, for us. And, uh, you know, I say this every week. When I'm preparing, when I'm putting my notes together and I'm imagining you sitting out there and listening to me talk, uh, all sorts of stuff happens. <laughs> and, but one of the things is, it's like, ah, oh, I do not want any of this teaching to go into the bucket of information. If it goes into the bucket of information, it's just going to just sit there and it takes revelation. It takes revelation is actually what brings the transformation. And so I, I, can't, I can't cause it to, to become revelation, but I can uh, encourage you to be careful how you listen. Jesus said, and Mark, be careful what you listen to and be careful in Luke how you listen. So I can listen with unbelief. I can listen with unbelief. I can listen and, and sit there and pick out what I don't believe in. And I'll, I'll hear the same thing that everybody else does. But the difference is, is I don't mix faith with it at all. So it just lies dormant. So I've said this before, listening is an art. You, 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 I have to work at listening. I have to, I have to catch myself over and over and kind of reset, oh, and cause myself to pay attention like I'm hearing something for the first time. And so my, my dilemma is, is when I begin to pull up where we've been and where we're going, I don't want anyone here to turn off where we've been. Because the tendency is, is our brain is so clever, once we hear something, we have a tendency to go, oh yeah, I've got this. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you don't. I don't. What, what we are talking about, what we are looking at, and this is, this is one of those, you know, big words, you know, is eternal. So what does that mean? That means that we haven't really scratched the surface of the revelation of the life that is on what we are looking at. We, have, we haven't touched it. We, we, we've, only, we've only seen words strung together in a sentence and we read them going, oh yeah, I think I got that. Oh, no, 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 no. There, there's a whole lot more that's at stake. There's a whole lot more available than that. Whole lot more. You know, someone, I wasn't gonna say this. But someone came up to me, uh, I was talking to someone this week, and they said, Jeff, I, uh, I had a picture, uh, and this is a very trusted source, I had a picture uh, in worship, and uh, I saw all these angels standing around with wineskins, and they were new wineskins, and they were waiting to give us our wineskin when we turned in our old wineskin. And I was like, oh. Well, what was the wineskin? And don't know if this is the total answer of it, 
but it has to do with the way that we do church. So I don't know what that looks like, what the new wineskin looks like. I do, I felt like from the Lord that that was a, that was a true word and that the Lord was pointing to something that he was wanting to do. And me, as the pastor, was to keep that in mind so that when the Lord shows up in a way that he wants to show up, I give him permission, even though it doesn't look like the wineskin that I'm holding. So, the good news is, is there were several. It means there's more than one. Wasn't my wineskin? It's yours as well. And so, you know, together we're going to have to lean in and follow the Holy Spirit and uh, give Him permission to change our wineskins. It's good. Okay, can I do something first? Let me. Let me. I want to pray first. Father, Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We are standing here. We are standing here strictly because of the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that was made for us on our behalf. We are here. We exist because it talks about revelation. You willed it. It was your will for, to create us. We exist. You, you determine the times, the dates, the, the place that we would live far beyond, far, far, far beforehand. In eternity past, you had all of this figured out. And we are here uh, to, today, Lord, as an accomplishment, as a, as a, uh, uh, yeah, an accomplishment of your will being, do, being done in our lives. Lord, I thank you. There are no coincidences. There's no coincidence that you're here. It's no coincidence that we are here at this time, this place. And Lord, I ask by your spirit of grace, a spirit of grace would be released that you would open our ears, that you would open our heart, that you would expand the container that's within us, Lord, to hold more, to hold more. And I pray, Lord, that as we lift Jesus up this morning, that he will draw all men to him. I ask, Lord, this morning, Jesus, for a drawing of all of our hearts, that you would draw us, that you would point us to you. Give us ears to hear. Wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. I, um, <clears throat> so I'm just gonna jump in. I, uh, I, I realized I didn't get to this last week, but I, I had it up here for a prop. Just so you guys know, this is Psalm 89. 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And um, we were t we've been talking about the atonement. We've been talking about, I'm going to start putting up some slides here in a minute. I'm just trying to get my legs underneath me. The thing that, that, that what we're talking about, the way that I'm presenting this is this is not linearly. Th this is not a linear uh, a plus B equals C, boom, I've got it. This is, this is, a, this is an organic type of 
teaching. And I'm just following the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he'll go in, he'll remind us of something. We'll go back, we'll go forward, we'll go back, we'll go forward, we'll go back. Not for the sake of repeating ourselves, for the, for repeating, for the repeating sake only. Well, I, I think I said too many repeating sakes. But for the, for, this is all about retainage. This is about us retaining what, what we're hearing, retaining, not, not just for today to get, to get you out to the parking lot and on your way home, you forget about it. No, no, no. This is about retaining. This is about a lifestyle change. This is about, uh, you know, it's like I said before, really felt like earlier this year when uh, beginning of the year, actually is asking the Lord, Lord, do you have anything for us? And uh, felt like that uh, Matthew 22, uh, 29, where Jesus says to the, to the Sadducees who are trying to trick him, oh, your mistake is, is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And I was like, what, uh, huh, were you talking to them or me? No, Jeff, I'm talking to you. Oh, wow. And it felt like it's a right on word. And from that place, the Lord has begin, has, he's directing us into opening up the scriptures and in opening up the scriptures, I believe it's gonna open up the power of God. So, so where I wanna start is if there were two pegs, you know, put a peg here in the wall and a peg here, one would be Matthew twenty two twenty nine that we hang from and the other one is this one right here, Acts five twenty. Go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life and what I'm emphasizing here is the whole message of this life. Life is capitalized. We've talked about this. This is referring to Jesus. It's deified. Life is deified. So it's referring to Jesus. Speak the whole message of this life. Most of us, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, um, but m- probably there's a good majority of us were brought up in the church. I'm one of them. And when I read this, to speak the whole message of this life, I, being brought up in the church, uh, I'm familiar with part of the message of this life, but what unbeknownst to me is the Holy Spirit is actually pointing to a no- whole nother section of this life called Jesus. And uh, that's what I wanna focus in on today is to, is to continue to unpack the whole message of this life. So, I will always go back to this verse. This verse is, is, is the center point. It's the fulcrum, if you would, where God says to Moses, um, I, I will meet you there. He had called him out to, and I, I talked about this over and over, that uh, he, Moses sat basically on, on a burning mountain, so to speak, for six days. On the seventh day, Jesus calls out to, I mean, the Lord, call, God calls out to Moses and said, I, I will speak to I wanna speak to you. And sitting there for six days, sitting there for six days in silence, and then all of a sudden on the seventh day, God begins to speak. One would think that what he was about to say is pretty important. And what he begins to talk about was, he talks about this sanctuary that he wants uh, Moses to make, and he lays out the details, the dimensions, the height, the width, the, all, the, the, all the materials, how many, all the stuff, all the rings, And then he gets to this one place called the atonement or the mercy seat. And he gives him the dimensions, 45 inches by 27 inches. 
And he says this, I will meet you there. I will talk to you from there. From there, I will give my commandments for my people Israel. And we keep coming back to this place because what we're realizing is this place is actually symbolic of a person. I will meet what, what was accomplished there at that place. is actually symbolic of what was accomplished through Jesus. I will meet you there. There in the Old Testament is a place. There in the New Testament is a person. And so what we're beginning to see is that in the Old Testament, the gospel story God was unfolding the gospel story, if you were the gospel, not the gospel story, the gospel in the Old Testament. So I will meet you there and talk to you from above the atonement cover. From there, I will give commands for my people Israel. Now, this is not even one of my points, but the dilemma with mankind was that God's government sat. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. His government sits on righteousness and justice, administering righteousness and justice. Justice for the ones who deserve it, righteousness for the reward of those who, and that, that's where, that's where his, his throne is. That's what, that's what he sits on. So his government, it, it, heaven is ruled by this, this foundation, this throne. And when man fell, now all of a sudden, what are we going to do about, God's got to come up with another plan because justice has to be administered. He says, I can speak to you from there where the blood is shed. I can speak to you there. I don't have it in my slides. It's Leviticus 17, 11. I've given you the blood upon the altar. It's the blood given in exchange for a life. That's where I can meet you. Because of this justice system, you're guilty. Guilty demands blood. You can do a sacrifice. Cow, sheep, we can use a sacrifice and that'll suffice. I can meet you there then. So this is all in review, but I will meet you there. Oof. Can I just tell you, we're, hopefully, remind me, it's my assistant, that the meeting, it's, it's more than just a handshake. It, it's way more than that. The meeting there was more than, that, that's not what God's final plan was, was just to meet there. No, we, it was an access point. It was a door into heaven. It is a door into the supernatural. It is a door. It is a door. It, it, it is a, it is a, uh, it, it, it was, uh, it, anyway, I'm getting pulled out. The wrath of God was satisfied there. That's what we need to understand. The wrath of God was satisfied there. So, what I'm going to do is today, I'm going to 
go back, pull up something that we've already talked about, bring it forward and unpack it more than I did several weeks ago. Is it good? So if you have your Bible, uh, turn to Luke. We're we're actually gonna go to Luke 5, but I I wanted to bring out this uh, this one verse because in Luke 8, Jesus asked this question to his disciples and he asked him this, he said, where is your faith? And he asked him this uh, on the heels of uh, him, he had just calmed the storm, these, these experienced fishermen who'd been fishing all their lives, or you know, I don't know how long, but a long time, were scared for their lives in this storm. They wake Jesus up out of the boat, uh, who was asleep in the back, he wakes up, And uh, he gets up and rebukes the storm and it calms down. And and then he says, where is your faith? And I uh, uh, had had talked about, do you remember me talking about this? Three of you? Okay, good. (laughs) I, uh, the, 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 the statement startled me because again, the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than any two edged sword. So the, 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 the word of God is constantly speaking. So when I read this, where is your faith? It went pow, right in my face. Jeff, where's your faith? Oh, so I was trying to think, how would I answer that question? Where's your faith? You know, at first it's like, oh, I guess I had a hole in my pocket and it fell out. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look for it. And we always we always, or at least I do, I always, uh, uh, I, I always connect uh, faith with an amount. Mm, yeah. It's a quantity. Yeah. Uh, when, when Jesus said, uh, or when the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. And he said, well, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and it would obey you. And you're like, so we walk away from that going, well, I guess my faith is <laughs> microscopic because I can't do that. And what he's saying is, is it's not necessarily the quantity that you have, it's the focus that you have. Where's your faith? And so we've said before, you know, to answer that question, if, if I was to answer it truthfully, my faith is in my faith. If I have enough, then it's going to happen. If I don't, then it doesn't. And it's kind of, this whole thing kind of swirls back around to me. And the, 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 the encouragement that I've been bringing is that I believe that all of us are on a crash course, a, a, a crash, a, a collision course with the faithfulness of God. Amen. Where that, it says in scripture, I am faithful even when you are faithful. Less. So if that's the case, then my math equation it, that doesn't really work when, it, when it's compared to that scripture. That means that there's a measure of his faithfulness where he is faithful regardless, in spite of my faithlessness. And again, you know, all of this is, is given me glimpses into when you read at the end of Revelation or, or, or Revelation 4 and 5, when uh, there's millions of millions of people around the throne and when the lamb stands up, they all fall down and worship him. Why? Because they are seeing firsthand the faithfulness 
of who he is and what he's done for them, even though they didn't have eyes to see it. Where's your faith? So in Luke chapter five, I want to go back to Luke chapter five. But this is, what, this is what I'm asking us this question because this is what I want us to answer today. Where's your faith? So when we get to the end of this message, hopefully, hopefully through these, these series of talks, hopefully our faith is being slowly directed towards him. Slowly directed. More, less emphasis on us and our frailties and more emphasis on him and his majesty. So that, that, that's, that's where this is going. So Jesus, uh, uh, Luke, uh, what did I say? Luke 5, thank you so much. Luke 5. Uh, it's a story of Jesus teaching in the house and the four guys with the paralyzed guy are walking and they're trying to get in the house and they can't get in the house and, and uh, so they have to go up and tear off the roof and they let him down and they plop him down right in front of Jesus and Jesus is not concerned about the guy's roof, which I thought, wow, how can you call yourself a Christian? And uh, put the guy right down and, and Jesus looks up and see these four heads peering in and he sees their faith and he's like, looks at this guy and says, your sins are forgiven. Well, that flew all in the face of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they were like, who can forgive sins? but God alone. And Jesus was looking at this and he says to them, uh, which is easier to say or to do? To say your sins are forgiven or to cause this guy to be healed? Get up and take your bed and go home. Which, which one's easier? And so this is where I want to come back to because we had talked about this, I think in week three, which one is the easiest? Which, which, is, which is easier for us to believe? Are you, can you believe to, that the guy's sins would be forgiven? Easy, is it easier for that than it is for the paralyzed guy to get up and walk? Probably so. But for Jesus, it's the same. It's like, why, why, which, which is easier? Like, it's, it's, it's the same coin, one side or the other. So that's what we're going to talk about. Today, which is easier? And so on the one hand, Jesus is saying to forgive this man's sin would mean that I'm dealing or I'm healing his inner man. To have him to get up from his mat and walk would be his outer man. So then which one's easier? The healing of the inner man or the healing of the outer man? So then he goes on to say in verse 24, but I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He just switched on me. He just, I was tracking with him. I have the authority to forgive sins. So I tell you, your sins are forgiven. No, he didn't say that. In this case, right here, he says, Take up your mat and go home. So right when I'm tracking, he's going to address the inner man. He goes to the outer man and heals him. 
in order to prove to them that he had authority to forgive sins, which is the inner man, he heals the outer man. And it looks like that he switched tracks, but he didn't switch tracks because they're one and the same. The payment that it took to forgive the sins was the same as the payment that it took to heal the body. He's trading off of the same currency, same payment. That's what we're going to look at. Now, I, I, I want to say something before we even get into this, that uh, more than likely, this has been one of the most sensitive subjects to talk about in the church because everybody here knows someone that is not healed right now or was not healed and they've passed on. And I bump into more people who are, and rightly so, disappointed, offended, however you want to say it, at God. And I got to be honest with you, as a, as a pastor, this is one of those subjects that you, you tiptoe into. And it takes the, the brave to go where we're going to go today. No, I'm not saying that I'm brave, but I'm just saying this takes... <laughs> But, but it, it does. And the thing that I'm feeling from the Lord, he will not let me off of this, is that we're to preach the word, what the Bible says, what the scripture says about Jesus, regardless of what my experience has been so far. Okay? So that, that's what we're holding up. We're holding up the word of God, which is eternal. It says that his word is forever settled in heaven. That's what we're holding up this morning. So if you have an argument... You feel free to talk to him. Okay? So, which is easier, sins forgiven or body healed, inner man or outer man? He paid for both. Okay? Now, before we move forward, I need to read a couple of scriptures to you. Romans 5, 12. This is so we can all be on the same page. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone sinned. This is the first one that I want us to look at. This is really, why is this so important? Sickness and death entered into the world by one man's sin. Okay? God didn't create sickness. This might be a long session. Okay. Romans 5.12. Romans 5.15 says this, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. Yay. So those are the two. So, which is easier? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Is it easier to heal the inner man, the soul, 
or the outer man, the body? Let me ask it like this. Which is easier to believe in? He'll forgive my sins or he'll, and heal our, my inner man or he'll heal my body. So this morning, I want to announce to you that he accomplished healing for both. Okay? So what I want to do this morning, and by the way, I, uh, uh, this, you can take pictures of this. I, uh, I was reading F.F. Bosworth has done a wonderful job. Uh, it's one of the uh, evangelists back in the yeah. 40s. This is where I got this, uh, Zophels, from F.F. Bosworth. So that's your, his niece, is that right? Great niece? Close enough. A lot closer than I am. So the inner man and the outer man, we need to see these two side by side, okay? Side by side, what Jesus accomplished for the inner man and what he's accomplished for the outer man. It's the same coin. It's just a flip side of the coin, okay? So the inner man, we're going to start right where we just, uh, what we just read. Romans 5, 12, Adam's fall brought sin into our souls. You good with that? I don't think anybody would say no, but sorry. (laughs) The outer man, Adam's fall brought disease into our bodies. Sin is therefore a work of the devil. Maybe we need to read that one out loud. Sin is therefore is a work of the devil. Disease is therefore the work of the devil. God is good. We're starting to, uh, we're starting to hit some turbulence here in the room. Child, that goes completely against what I believed. Jesus appeared to destroy the works of the devil in our soul. Jesus appeared to destroy the works of the devil in our body. 1 Peter 2.24 says, he bore, he carried our sins in his body on the cross. We're good with that. He, Isaiah 53.4 says, he bore, I carried our sicknesses in his body on the cross. Psalms 103, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits who forgives all my sins, same verse, who heals all my diseases, same verse, inner man, outer man. Jesus is, we're gonna find out, he did everything. He completely redeemed mankind, completely redeemed. First Corinthians 6.20 says, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your spirit for the inner man. For you are bought with a price for the outer man, therefore glorify God in your body. Same verse. So what do we take away from that? The spirit is bought with a price. Jesus paid a price for your spirit. You are not your own. Your body is bought with a price. 
Jesus paid a price. In Mark 16, Christ's promise for the soul, those that believe shall be saved. In the same chapter, Christ promised for the body, they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. In the ordinance of water baptism, it says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. In the ordinance of anointing with oil, he that believes and is anointed shall be healed. Some of us are trying to go. I'm trying to start this engine. I can't. Maybe I got too much fuel there. I'm with you, Pastor. I did this at first service. It's like it's like first service that you could feel you could feel the like the car is getting pulled sideways. The emergency brakes on. They're going. I can't get my emergency brake off. When it comes to healing, when it comes to salvation, it's like, I'm with you. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Amen. Salvation. Salvation. When it comes to healing, it's like, I get it. The Lord's Supper, wine is taken in remembrance of his death for our souls. For the outer man, bread is eaten in remembrance of his death for our bodies. Can I read you something? That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing, he is to eat the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have even died. What does that say? Oh, your mistake is you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. The power of God is being revealed in what Jesus has done. It's for all of those that believe. So it could be that discerning the body or, 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 or taking communion in an unworthy manner could be, according to this verse, taking the communion and leaving out what his body has done for us. I can believe this for salvation, but I can't believe this for the body. Oh. 
I almost put this one up. I'll probably put it up next week or the next week. But Isaiah 53, 1 says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The strength of the Lord. Who's believing? Who's out there that can believe this? That's what, that's what Isaiah is saying. Who, who, who can believe this? Who's going to grab hold of this? We're commanded to baptize in water in Jesus' name. We are commanded to anoint the sick person in the name of the Lord. Inner man, outer man. The sinner is to repent before believing the gospel unto righteousness. James 5.18 says, confess your sins to each other so you may be healed. I don't want to go there. Is the barrier to our healing the fact that we're holding on to sin? I'm not saying that if you're sick, you're a sinner. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. Faith for salvation comes by hearing. He carried our sins. Faith for healing comes by hearing. He carried our sicknesses. Therefore, preach the gospel that he bore our sins to every creature and the gospel that he bore our sicknesses to every creature. Preach the whole message of this life. The whole message. I'm familiar with part of the message. This part. Whew. God forgive us. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. As many as received him became the children of God. As many as touched him were made whole. He was made sin for us when he bore our sins. Now, guys, I don't even have enough time to unpack this one. 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is magnanimous, magnanimous, magnanimous. He became a curse for us when he bore our sicknesses. Galatians 3.13, Matthew 8.17. Again, magnanimous. The substitution, it was a substitution. It was an exchange. I will meet you there. I will, I will meet you there. From there, I will talk to you. From there, I will give you my instructions. There is a person 
His name is Jesus there. No other religion, no other religion do you see the God who is, who is being worshiped stoop down and take the place of his subjects to remove their guilt? To remove, you don't see it. All the other religions, you're working feverishly to get to, 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 to appease him. You're trying to appease him. And in this case, he sent his son to appease him. His son appeased his own wrath for you. His son stepped in for you. His son stepped in for me. His son took the curse, took the punishment, took the wrath. Everything, everything that was due us. All of the justice from this thing, all of the justice was poured out on the throne. Came out of the throne and hit right there his son. It came crashing down. He said it pleased him that he would crush his son. What in the world are you talking about? He was trying to get back to you. He's trying to get back to you. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree and by his wounds you were healed. Here's another one I need to be reminded of. But I want us to look at some, at some point, past tense. It's very specific in the, in the tenses of the verbs that he's using. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. Folks, this is the gospel. This is the gospel, what I'm preaching to you. What I'm speaking to you is the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. Not me. Not me, not you. It's the gospel. We take our eyes off of ourselves and lift it on the one. Ooh. Oh. Now I under, begin to understand why the elders are throwing their crowns off. Everyone's falling at his feet. I'm seeing it now. Oh, 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 oh. You've done this. Oh, for me. The gospel, the good news, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. I will meet you there. I will talk to you from there. From there, it's the place of the exchange. We are made right. As we believe in Jesus, we are made right through the exchange. He took the punishment. He took the wrath. He took the curse. He took the poverty. He took, he took, he took, he took. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This one was in the beginning with God. 
all things came into being through him. Talking about Jesus. And apart from him, Jesus, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5. The light, capital L, shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Pay attention to the verb tenses. The light shines, present tense, in the darkness. And the darkness did not, past tense, comprehend it. That means what he did before has caused him to be victorious now. Where's your faith? Where's our faith? This teaching, every time we unpack it, it actually gives teeth to worship. We get a little more clarity on who we're actually addressing and what he's actually done for us. It's amazing, isn't it? mistake, Jeff, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Ah. Ah. There's so much more that he's done. There's so much more that we have yet to experience. There's so much more. Let's stand. Alleluia. Alleluia, for Lord God Almighty reigns. Alleluia, Alleluia, for Lord God Almighty wait just a second. A message like this, you, you can't just listen to it and just move on. You can't, you can't just move on. Lord, we, we 
We are dumbfounded. We are, we are absolutely without words. We give you space, Lord. We give you space. Lord, I ask that you would help. Help us, Lord. Help us with our adoration towards Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us in our adoration. Mm. We bless you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Abba. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you.
I saw on the right hand of him who sat on a throne, a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders, a a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was millions upon millions and thousands of thousands saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever and the four living creatures kept saying amen 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 and the elders fell down and worshiped we come before you O God the living God we stand before you the living God the God of the now because of the blood because of the sacrifice and we 